you from the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to this time of worship at Faith Community United Methodist Church. It's good to be with you in worship this morning. I would invite you to find the attendance pads that are in each of the pews and uh, fill those out and pass them along to those worshiping with you so that we have uh, a record of your presence here with us in worship this day. Welcome to those who are worshiping with us online as well. You can uh, leave a comment so that we know you're with us and we we, uh, are glad that you have joined us and pray that you will be blessed by this time of worship together. This is Communion Sunday. We are uh, continuing to use the uh, prepackaged kits, so hopefully you got one on your way in. Uh, If not, they're out in the narthex there and you can uh, get one for uh, our time of communion. The, uh, The bread is on the very top under this very sheer clear plastic, and you'll take that part off first for the bread, and then uh, take the other seal off for the juice when we uh, come to our time of receiving communion at the end of the service. And if you're worshiping online, then uh, just uh, go ahead and get your bread and your juice uh, ready as well so that you can take the sacrament along with us. Uh, I would uh, invite you, as you're filling out the uh, attendance pads, to also take a look in your uh, bulletins for the announcements. Your announcements are in there about things that are coming up. Uh, Coins for missions next Sunday. Remember to bring your coins next Sunday for our mission projects. There's a Bible study coming up uh, later this month that I will be leading, the announcement about that. There's an announcement about Shoes for the Shoe List, which is uh, coming up at the end of September, and we want to be ready for that. It's a church-wide mission project for this community, and a couple of other things. So take a look at that and take this with you so that you know the things that are going on and coming up. I'd invite you into an attitude of worship now and to stand as you are able for the call to worship. Draw near to God, who has heard your complaining. Come in the name of Jesus, who understands your need. We have have received received manna in the the wilderness. wilderness. We We have have been been offered offered the bread of life. Open yourselves to God's steadfast love. Be honest before the Holy One, who knows all you do. We are judged according to our deeds. Our secret sins are known to God. The Holy Spirit has come to restore your joy. God's presence is real to those who accept God's gift. Whoever comes to Jesus will not be hungry. Whoever trusts in Christ will never be thirsty. Amen. Our first hymn is Church's One Foundation. In the hymnal, it's number 5, 
45 or on the screens. you join with me in our opening prayer, which is printed in our bulletin. Let, let us pray. Gracious, Gracious God, God, 
from whom comes all the abundance of this earth, and who has given us the true bread from heaven, Jesus Christ. Feed us again by your word of truth, that we may believe more deeply and trust more daringly, speaking the truth in love to our hurting world. Make our church to be a transforming presence among all your children. Amen. Amen. Becky? I'm going to invite Becky uh, Cultus to come up. Becky is the chair of our staff parish committee, and she has a, an introduction to make this morning on behalf of the staff parish. Thank you. It is my pleasure to introduce to you Bob Colliner, who is going to be our interim choir director, and you'll be hearing a lot more about that. If you had a chance to look at our faith links, you will know that Bob and his wife, Barbara, have been here in town since 1993, have three grown children and eight grandchildren. Uh, he has been a career music instructor for over 40 years, currently is teaching at Legacy Christian Academy here in Xenium, has worked with choir, band, and orchestra grades 5 through 12, and from pre-K through all the elementary grades with all the elementary music. So he comes to us with quite a musical background and especially enjoys praising God through music. So we are very happy to have him. He is a graduate of what I knew as Mount Union College in Northeast Ohio, but is now the University of Mount Union, and a degree in music education and a master's from Ashland University um, in education. Some of you have uh, had a chance to sing or to participate in the Martin Luther King services that we've had, and Bob has directed that choir. He and his wife are very active members of Emmanuel Baptist Church, and we are very appreciative of them sharing Bob with us uh, for this interim and encourage those of you, and he's going to say a little bit here in a minute, but if you've ever thought about joining a choir, this is your time. Uh, we're starting back, and it's just such a joy to be able to offer this opportunity. All right. Thank you, Becky. Uh, really glad to be with you, and fortunately, Becky covered most of what I was going to say. But we do, my wife and I do have a lot of connections to faith, uh, some of our very first friends when we came in 1993 were Jim and Carol Kennedy, and Joe and my son Nathan were buddies from junior high through high school. Um, so also, uh, yeah, the Mount Union Choir, when they changed the name, they were going to go with Mount Union University, but the initials would have been M-U-U, not so good. So, um, but they sang here. Did you say that? Okay, I'm sorry. No, I did not. Yeah, yeah. So they were, yeah, they were on choir tour, and they said, do you know any Methodist churches down where you live now? And I'm like, yeah, I do. So they actually did a concert here. I don't know how many of you were here for that. Um, I was. So that was really great. And um, we do have a lot of other connections. My wife has, has spent time with John Shear and now Pastor Andy. through the. She's the executive secretary of the uh, Zenia Area Ministerial Association. So, you know, we, we have hung out with a lot of people from faith and enjoyed them very much. Um, I'm here because Becky and I literally crossed paths one night, and uh, 
because we are neighbors. And um, she walked by the house, and she said, oh, I bet you know somebody that could take over our church choir and help us out. And I said, hmm, let me think about that. And uh, <laughs> I listened to four or five of Pastor Andy's sermons, and I said, I would like to be considered for that position. And you have a really good pastor, and I think spiritually I'd fit in because that's the most important thing, isn't it? Uh, that we have fellowship in Jesus Christ. So I really was excited when they said, yes, we, we'd like you to come. So uh, if, just like Becky said, if you'd like to dip your toe in the water of choral music, we'd love to have you come. You can always try it and chicken out. It's okay. But we are starting August 11th at 7.30. We rehearse Wednesdays at 7.30, but not every single Wednesday. You'll have some days off. And then um, we'll be singing our first time Uh, August 29th. Um, So I'd love to have you come if you're interested in just checking us out. And of course, if you've been involved with the choir before, we definitely want you to come. And one last thing, uh, this very first choir rehearsal on August 11th will commence with a dinner at 6.30. And if you are uh, involved in the choir from the past, you'll get a notification from, I think, John, sure, what to bring. But mostly we're going to provide some chicken. If you are, are not getting that notification, but you're interested in the choir, just come be our guest. You don't have to bring anything. Okay, that's it. Let's welcome It's, uh, it's been probably about 15 months now that I've been here, and when are we going to get the choir back? And uh, it's nice to finally have an answer to that. So welcome, Bob. We're looking forward to to having you and having the choir together. Our prayer hymn uh, this morning is in the hymnals number 301, Jesus, Keep Me Near the Cross. Let us sing together as we prepare our hearts for prayer.
Let us pray. Oh, gracious and holy God, keep us ever near that cross. That is why we come before you this day, Lord, to be reminded of that cross, that sacrifice where we can find the greatest of loves, your showering your grace upon us. Lord, in that cross, we are reminded of our own deep brokenness and deep need because it is our sin that sent our Lord to that cross. And we know, Lord, that we have failed you over and over again. And yet you loved us so much that you would not let us go. You would not let us continue in that brokenness forever. But you gave of yourself to bind us up, to bring us back to you. Lord, thank you for your amazing grace. Lord, thank you for this congregation, this place, and this church family where we can come together to build one another up, to strengthen one another in the faith. And we pray, Lord, that that is indeed what happens this day and every time we come together in your name, that our faith is strengthened, that our Resolve is built up to, to go forth in your name, to live according to your ways, to witness with our words and with our lives. Lord, show us the way in our relations with one another, at home, at work, wherever we go, that we might be reflections of your great love and mercy. Lord, we pray for loved ones going through struggles right now, and we know that you provide all that they need. And Lord, we thank you, and we pray that we will see your grace at work in them and in each one of us. Continue to build us up as your church, as your holy people. We pray in Jesus' name as we offer to you now the prayer that he teaches us to pray together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I invite the ushers forward now to receive the plates as we uh, worship God with the giving of our tithes and offerings.
God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father. join me in the prayer of dedication. We dedicate our offerings, not alone for the good they can accomplish and the mission they will support, but also because giving helps us to gain perspective on what really matters. We would stop working only for food that perishes, seeking for all the food that endures for eternal life. May our lives and all we give, perform the works of God. Build us up in love for one another and for all your children everywhere. Amen. Please remain standing for the reading of the gospel. The gospel lesson this morning comes from John chapter 6, 24 through 35. It's printed in your bulletin. So, When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Verily, very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for food that perishes, but for food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. It was my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
The men's quartet this morning is singing one of my uh, personal favorite hymns, The Love Divine, All Loves Excelling by Charles Wesley. Uh, it is, it's in the hymnal at number 384, and um, we're actually going to invite you to sing one of the verses with us. And uh, we'll have the words up on the screen, but it's also in the hymnal. It's going to be the third verse, but in the hymnal it's the fourth verse. So when we, when we get to the third verse, you're going to sing the words to verse number four uh, with us, uh, and I uh, hope that you enjoy them.
I want to say thank you to Gene. Gene has been such a blessing to us at this church, and he's uh, led the men's quartet, and he's worked with the women's trio and so many others uh, on solos, and, and thank you, Gene, for all that you do for us. I'm aware that uh, people do come to church for any uh, number of reasons. When I was a child, I went to church because my parents made me. I didn't have any choice in the matter. If I had been given the choice, I, I probably would have stayed home. Not that I was unhappy going to church, I just didn't really see any point in it. I didn't know why it mattered. There are probably a few people here today in that boat. When I got older and did have a choice, a lot of times I didn't go. But sometimes I did because I knew that it would make my parents happy. There are probably some in church today who came not necessarily for your own benefit, but in order to please someone else. There are parents who bring their children to church because they think it will help them establish a moral foundation or, or because they believe it will help shape their character. There are people who come to church out of habit or obligation. It's just what you do on Sunday morning. There are a few who come in order to be seen or because it's good for business. There are some who have known the grace of God personally, whose lives have been transformed by the gospel, and they come in order to give themselves over to God in praise. There are those who find strength in the service, and in the gathered community of faith, they catch on to a spirit that carries them through the rest of the week. There are many reasons that people come to church, I'm sure, and Truth be told, most of us are a combination of these and others. What is your motive for being here today? Jesus posed that question in our scripture reading. Great crowds of people were chasing after him, and he told them that they were coming after him for the wrong thing. Not that seeking Jesus is ever wrong, but why were they seeking Jesus? What were they after? What, what did they expect him to do for them? What were they prepared to do for him? This story that we read today takes place the day after another very familiar story, the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus had been teaching a great multitude of people next to the Sea of Galilee when it began to get late. Instead of dismissing the assembly and sending them all home for dinner, as the disciples suggested, Jesus decided to feed them all himself. The only food on hand were five barley loaves and two fish that one young boy had brought along. Now why, out of 5,000 people, there was only one young boy who thought to bring any food that day, I don't know. But that's all the food that Jesus and his disciples had to work with. And it was enough. In fact, it was more than enough. When the disciples gathered up the leftover fragments of bread... There were enough to fill 12 baskets. Now, in addition to the miracle that was performed there, there's some great symbolism in that story. But that story isn't our focus for today. That's simply the prelude, the context for the interaction that, that took place the next day. Jesus had crossed over the lake that night. In fact, Jesus had walked across the water that night, but the crowds didn't see that part. All they saw was that when they went to sleep, Jesus was there, 
And when they woke up, Jesus was gone. They knew that he hadn't been in the boat with his disciples when his disciples had set out to sea, but nevertheless, he was gone. So they got in their boats, and they went across the sea searching for Jesus, and that's where our story for today picks up. They are on the other side of the sea now, and they find Jesus there. They question him as to when and how he got there. Jesus ignores that question, and he poses the question of why they are searching for him in the first place. Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. It's the question of motive. Why were they interested in finding Jesus? What was it they expected to get out of him? Jesus says that they expected him to give them bread. In, in the dialogue that follows, Jesus suggests that there is something very fitting about that because bread is, in fact, what he has to offer. But the bread that he has to offer is very different from the kind that fills your belly. You were searching for me not because you saw signs. When Jesus had performed that miracle of feeding the 5,000, he intended for that to be a sign. A sign is something special, something that, that points beyond itself to something of real significance. When Jesus fed the 5,000 people, it wasn't just to fill their empty stomachs. He wanted to meet their physical needs, yes, but he wanted to do more than that. He, he wanted, in this miraculous feeding, to show them something of who he is, that he is the bread from heaven, that he is the source of life. When Jesus says to them, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the bread, he's telling them, you missed the point. They had seen the miracle. They knew that he had taken five loaves of bread and two fish and fed 5,000 people with enough left over to fill 12 baskets. They witnessed that part, but they missed the sign. They had no idea what it meant. They didn't even realize that it meant anything. To them, it was like a really cool magic show. Do it again, Jesus, like he's a performer on a stage. Or it was a means of free food. You gave us a pretty good dinner last night. Let's see what you can conjure up for breakfast. When people say things like, I didn't get anything out of that worship service, or, I didn't like that service. I mean, nobody here says that, thankfully, but I've heard it other places. And I can't help but to think about these crowds of people who were chasing after Jesus because they were looking either for a good show or for some free food. What are you looking for when you come to church? What do you expect to find? Are you coming because you've actually seen the signs? You know that Jesus is your sustenance of life and that you're coming to give yourself to God in thanksgiving for who Christ is and for what he has done for you? If you're coming for the show, then you've missed all the signs. You've forgotten what it's all about. Going back to the day before, when, when Jesus was preparing to feed the 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish, he knew most of them were going to miss the sign. He knew that many of them would consider it just a cool trick. 
He knew that many of them would be more concerned with getting their bellies filled than with who this person is who is filling their bellies. But he did it anyway. He did it anyway. He he fed all 5,000 people there that were gathered together by the sea. He, He didn't sort them out into groups and say, okay, this group over here, you're the ones that actually get it. You're the ones that will understand what this miracle means, so I'm going to feed you while the rest go hungry. He didn't single anyone out saying, you're not worthy to be fed by me, so run along home while I feed the others. He fed them all. Young and old, good and bad, smart and dumb, rich and poor, the theologically correct and the heretically deceived, he he fed every single one of them, and every single one of them got enough to eat. Why? Why would he feed the multitudes knowing that only a handful would get it? He fed the multitudes so that that handful could get it so that they would all have the opportunity to see the signs and to believe and to be saved. When they came to him the next day, and he started off by by letting them know that he knew who they were, he, he knew why they were there, he knew what they were after, he knew that they didn't get it, he did not then send them away. He didn't tell them, you're wasting my time, you're wasting your own time, go home now before you waste any more time. No. What he did was he began teaching them again. Do not work for food that perishes, he said, but for food that endures for eternal life. Then he asked them, they asked him a question, he answered the question. Then they asked him another question, he answered that question, all the while knowing that many of them still wouldn't get it, but trusting that some of them would. That's what Jesus did. He continued to teach them. He continued to feed them with his word, all of them, so that some would believe and be saved. That should say something to us about the ways in which we go about our work as a church, especially mission work. There are some who believe that mission work should just all be about preaching the gospel since that's all that matters for eternity. Forget about feeding people if they're not going to hear the gospel. Forget about clothing people if they're not going to be wrapped in the word. They want to put the church's efforts behind only that which endures for eternity. There are others that hear Christ's call to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, house the homeless, tend the sick, and they want to do all of that without burdening people with religious teachings that may be unwanted or unappreciated or off-putting. Just take care of their immediate physical needs and leave the religious stuff to God. Jesus didn't emulate either of those ways. Jesus addressed people's physical needs. It was getting late, they were hungry, so he fed them. But he did that so that they would have the opportunity to hear the gospel, to see the sign, to receive the truth of life in him. We, as a church, in our mission work, have to do both. We are called to feed, to clothe, 
to tend, to visit, and we are called to teach, to admonish, to present the truth of Jesus Christ. When we participate in feeding ministries like the Fish Food Pantry, or clothing ministries like Shoes for the Shoeless, or, or when we visit sick people in the hospital, or when we support housing ministries, IHM, Bridges of Hope, we, we do all of these things not just to be good people, although those are all nice things to do, and we don't do these things just to be obedient, although Christ does command us to do such things. Everything we do in ministering to someone else in need, we do as a sign of the one in whom we have found life and who has life to offer to everyone who will receive it. We do it all in the hope and in the promise that some will see the sign, that some will believe the gospel, that some will receive the truth of Christ and through him gain eternal life. In their dialogue with Jesus, those who were trying to understand asked him, what sign are you going to give us? so that we may see it and believe. Our our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. They were asking him for a sign so that they could believe him, like the sign that Moses had provided when he gave the Hebrews in the wilderness manna from heaven. Their request for such a sign is ironic because Jesus had just given them that sign the day before in the feeding of the 5,000, and they completely missed it. Instead of pointing back to that, though, Jesus points to himself. After all, it wasn't Moses who had produced manna in the wilderness. It was God. And the same God who had provided bread from heaven in the wilderness was now providing the true bread from heaven that would give life to all the world. Sir, give us this bread always. They requested of Jesus. They were still seeking. They were still searching, still trying to understand. Some of them, some of them were on the verge of receiving the truth. I am the bread of life, Jesus answered. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Now we know that Jesus is talking about a different kind of bread. Any kind of bread that we take physically into our bodies, it might fill us for a while, but not for always. We know that as long as we're in this earthly existence, our bodies will get hungry, they will get thirsty. I ate yesterday, but I'm going to have to eat again today, and then again tomorrow, and again the next day. But there is a hunger. There is a hunger that can be satisfied for always. There is a thirst that can be quenched. The hunger and thirst for immortal life, for life with God. The hunger and thirst for being made whole, made right, made pure. The desire to be made over in the image of Christ, to have the Imago Dei in us restored to perfection. All of this comes through Jesus, and he is all that we need for eternal life. It's kind of funny, kind of sad, 
that the crowds who were questioning Jesus that day had just witnessed this sign of truth. And not just that they had witnessed, but, but that they had actually participated in the sign. They, had, they partook of the sign when they received the bread and the fish. But they failed to see it. They failed to understand, to live into the truth of it. Maybe some of them finally got it when he said, I am the bread of life. In some ways, we can be like those crowds. Because we too get to see the sign that he gives us. And not just to witness it, but to actually participate in it. To partake of it. When we celebrate the sacrament of Holy Communion, Jesus says, this is my body, this is my blood. Do we see it? Do we understand? Do we receive the the truth of this sign? I've heard children at times when walking into a sanctuary and seeing it set up for, for communion say things like, I like it when we have snacks in church. For some, that's all the bread and juice are, snacks in church. But even for them, even for them, I say, come and partake. Because after all, Jesus fed everybody on the hillside that day, whether they understood the sign or not. And most of them didn't. But some of them would come to see and to believe. It's in the partaking that some eyes are opened. It's in the welcome of the open table of grace that some hearts are opened. It's in the proclamation of Christ's presence that some minds are opened. So whether you see it or not, I invite you to come. Whatever your motive for being here in church today, I'm glad that you're here. And I pray that through it all, you will come to believe. For it is in believing on Christ that our hunger is filled with the bread from heaven. Our thirst is quenched by the water of life. And we are ushered into eternal communion with our God. May it be so. you now to join with me as we join in the prayer of the great thanksgiving and prepare to receive this holy sacrament. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets, who looked for that day when justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. When nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. 
And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. At his ascension, you exalted him to sit and reign with you at your right hand. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to the disciples and said, drink from this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory as yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now if you will take the bread the body of Christ, broken for you, take and eat in remembrance of him. And the juice, the cup of salvation poured out in the blood of Jesus Christ, take and drink in remembrance of him. We thank you, Lord, for this most holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. We thank you for that grace in which you have wrapped us, by which you have fed us. Continue to fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord, for we are your people. Amen. I invite you to stand now as you're able for our closing hymn, which is 359 in the hymnals, Alas, and Did My Savior Bleed. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die? Would he sacred head for sinners such as I at that 
the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Was it for crimes that I have done, he groaned upon the tree. Amazing pity, grace unknown, and love beyond degree. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Well might the sun in darkness hide and shut its glories in. When God the mighty maker died for his own at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight and now I am happy all the day. Thus might I hide my blushing face while his dear cross appears. Dissolve my heart in thankfulness and melt mine eyes to tears. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by He has given us all the signs that we need. He has fed us with the bread from heaven. Let us go now in his grace and in his love to live by his power. In the name of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.